Hi, I'm Richard, the founder of 10 Adventures, and this is the 10 Adventures podcast. Each week, we talk to real people about real adventures as they explore this incredible planet we all live on. Welcome back to the 10 Adventures podcast. It's Richard here, and this week we're trying something new for the podcast. We recently had a webinar about where to travel in autumn, and it was really successful with lots of great questions. And so we decided to try this out as a podcast episode. And so in this episode, you'll hear Nadine and I referring to questions. And unfortunately, you can't ask questions in real time, but know that if you do have any questions, you can always reach out to 10 Adventures either through the website or on social media. Enjoy. Uh, I'm joined by Nadine, who is uh, our cycling and trekking product lead, and she's going to share um, the best places to travel this autumn. And so uh, I want to introduce Nadine. Nadine, great to see you. And Hi. before we start, we're going to talk about where to travel in autumn, but where are you traveling this autumn? Like, have, have do you have something exciting planned? I do. And it's crazy because, you know, it feels like summer just begun, had just begun. And now all of a sudden we're thinking about autumn travel. So I do have some exciting uh, travel plans in store. Um, in just a couple weeks time, I'm going to be taking off to Portugal. So I'm going to spend some time in Lisbon um, and then head out to Sintra. Lots of really beautiful historical castles there, great walking trails. Um, and then we'll fly over to the UK to visit some family, but also do some walking and uh, city exploring there as well. So lots in store on my end for autumn. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Europe in autumn is just spectacular. It's just such a delight. Not, you know, less crowds, beautiful weather. It's, uh, it's yeah. a special time to go. It is a great time to go. And I think you've also got some pretty exciting and different autumn plans. What are you up to, Richard? I am going to Japan and I, I'm going to summit Fuji if the weather co cooperates and then just do yeah. some uh, trekking and a bit of uh, a bit of biking. So, uh, yeah, really excited to go and explore that part of the world. Amazing. Yeah, that's going to be great. And I guess that's a great segue into talking about what is possible with autumn travel and, and what are we seeing our guests booking this season? Yeah, yeah. I'm interested. I can't wait to see, uh, I guess to start, you know, why is autumn travel so special? You know, when we hear from guests that do an autumn trip, you know, what do they love about it? Yeah. So I think for every season, um, when it comes to travel, you can always pinpoint things that make it special. For me personally, I love autumn for so many reasons. At home, we've got the foliage changing, it's cozy, the weather starts to get a bit cooler. But likewise, um, autumn brings unique opportunities when it comes to traveling as well. So I think the most obvious reason would be most kids are back in school. Um, a lot of the uh, tourist destinations that are super popular and busy in the summer are going to be quieter also a little bit cheaper, which is nice, um, especially for guests that really enjoy active and adventure travel, like cycling, um, trekking, walking. Autumn presents a great opportunity to beat the heat. So um, booking a trip by bike in October is different than booking a trip by bike in July in terms of the heat. And I know that that's been a big concern for a lot of people traveling this summer is like, Got to start really early, early to beat that, you know, uh, midday heat and try to get to the next destination to cool off in the pool. Um, so that's definitely one of them. And I think just in general, you know, it's a great time to be outside. And a lot of places, uh, leaves are changing. The landscape is changing. The hues of red and gold and orange are just beautiful, which just makes um, spending time outside with your family while traveling all the more special. 
um, some tips to think about when planning autumn travel. You're going to want to go, well, I'd say in terms of what you're going to pack, you're going to want to make sure that, you know, you know in advance what the weather is going to be like. I think there's more that comes into it when um, you're planning an autumn trip versus a summer trip where it's like, okay, you know, you need minimal clothing. You don't necessarily need layers, that type of thing. In autumn, you've got to think about waterproof shoes, um, layers, windbreakers, raincoats, that type of thing. Um, so just having a, a, a mind to prepare before you go on the trip to make sure that you have um, everything that you'd need. And then I would also say just be really open-minded. You know, there may be areas that you've wanted to travel to in the summer and thought, gosh, you know, I, I was too late to the game to book it or it's 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 too busy in the summer. Um, so why not try one of those destinations that maybe you missed out on in the summer, in the summer months? Uh, I love the, I love those tips. And uh, yeah, autumn is just, I think it's my favorite time to travel. Uh, whether or not going south of the equator and getting some spring or just enjoying mm -hmm. autumn here in the northern hemisphere, it's great. Uh, I thought I'd make a note. There is a Q&A function. I know what people tell us they love is the ability to ask questions at the end. And so we've allocated about 20 minutes for Q&A. So uh, I suggest send a note out on there. So feel free to uh, ask any questions and Nadine will uh, cover those at the end. And with that, Nadine, why don't you take us through where to travel this autumn? So the goal of today is definitely to help you all get inspired, whether you have somewhere in mind this autumn to travel to, or you're just looking for ideas. Obviously in this format, we don't have a ton of time to go in depth, super in depth to any of the destinations, but if any of these pique your interest, please do reach out because I'd love to have a call or exchange some emails to answer any of your questions to share more. Um, so I thought, uh, given that, you know, we're kind of doing an overview to get the brainstorming going and the ideas going, I thought we'd run through um, 10 of my favorite uh, destinations for autumn travel, also destinations that we're seeing a lot of our guests book. Um, I've tried to pick a country and destinations that will appeal to a wide range of people. So I know adventure can look quite different um, to everyone. And, you know, there's some places you may have traveled to already and some of you haven't traveled to. So I've tried to include a, a good mix um, to give you guys a feel for what's possible in autumn. So number one, starting with Europe, Italy. Now, obviously, there are a ton of destinations in Italy that are great to travel to. A lot of those destinations, however, in summer are hard to travel to because they're full of tourists, things are quite expensive, and they book up really, really early. Autumn is a great opportunity to explore Italy. You've got mild weather, vibrant foliage, and of course, local food and wine festivals as well. Autumn is also the time where harvest happens. So um, if you are, you know, into great gastronomy, food and wine, it's a great time to be there. Tuscany is also a beautiful destination to visit in Italy in autumn. You've got the rolling hills. It's a great destination for psyching and biking. It's also a great destination for food, as you know. Puglia is one of my favorite destinations in Italy. We have a ton of guests booking trips in Puglia. It's on the coast. You often see these beautiful truly structures. Um, they're the white, uh, white uh, houses with the dome roofs that are really cool. And you can hike and cycle here as well. The Amalfi Coast. Now this is one that if you missed out on booking the Amalfi Coast in the summer months, it's a great place to be in September. In the summer months, the Amalfi Coast is super, super busy. It can be hard to get bookings at hotels, at restaurants, the trails are crowded. So I would say if you're if you're looking to explore the Amalfi Coast, the weather will also be quite nice and mild um, in the autumn months. 
Slovenia is a destination that we're seeing a ton of our guests booking. Um, it's home to picturesque landscapes, charming cities, and mild weather. One of the cool things about Slovenia is they do have some great opportunities for trekking, particularly in Triglav National Park. When you look at some of the other trekking destinations in Europe, such as the Tour de Mont Blanc or the Dolomites, you'll find that the huts on those treks uh, close a lot earlier than they do in Triglav National Park. So if you're looking to do some high altitude trekking in the fall, I would definitely recommend uh, checking out Slovenia. There's options for self-guided, for guided. If you actually want to uh, summit Slovenia's highest peak, you can do that. Uh, it's part of a Via Ferrata course that's been really popular with our guests. Um, and there's just so much to offer there. It's a really, really cool and unique destination to visit in Europe. They also have a beautiful coastline, which is really popular um, because of its vineyards, its caves, its historical towns. So if you're not so much into the high altitude trekking, then I de definitely recommend um, checking out the Adriatic coast. It's a slow paced kind of vibe out there. Really, really beautiful scenery and um, great food too. The UK. Special to my heart, as I was actually born in the UK, I think everyone would agree. The UK just has, when you think of fall in the UK, it's just that cozy atmosphere. You know, they've got beautiful locks. Um, the shades of red and orange and gold that start to come out in the autumn months are just incredible. Uh, and also the stews, the pies and the roast. I don't know about you, but I, I can't think of a meal that speaks more to autumn than, you know, a, a hot roast in a pub on a Sunday. So UK is definitely um, a great spot to think about. We've got a lot of guests traveling to the UK this autumn. One of the most popular trips has been Scotland's West Highland Way. This is a pretty long distance trail, but you can break it down into sections um, depending on how long you want to walk. If you want to walk the whole thing, you can, but we also break it down into stages and there's plenty of self-guided options on this trail as well. The Cotswolds are also absolutely beautiful. I'm sure you've seen photos and heard of the Cotswolds. It's a great family destination too. So the walking trips here tend to be quite easy. There are more challenging trips like the Cotswolds Way or things like that, but you can do sort of leisurely village to village walking where it's just a few hours of walking each day. And um, in the afternoons and evenings, you can really take in the historical towns, enjoy the pubs and the food, um, and have a really good balance of activity and leisure, of leisure which I think is ideal um, when you're planning an autumn trip. The Camino de Santiago. This has got to be one of our top destinations overall for all of our 10 Adventures guests. I think that's in part it is a great, um, it is a great trail, long distance trail, but it's also just got so many variants. So there are just a ton of options that you can do when walking the Camino de Santiago. In the summer months, the Camino is really busy. As you know, there's thousands of pilgrims from all over the place, all over the world that come to walk this trail every year. Um, and so if you can travel this trail, you know, September, October, November, we've even just booked two guests for December, which isn't really autumn, but just to kind of give you an idea of what's possible, it doesn't have to be done in the summer months because the weather is quite mild through, um, through the autumn as well. So it's a very popular time for our guests in particular to book Caminos. Essentially, if you're not familiar with the Camino de Santiago, it's a network of ancient pilgrimage routes, and they all inevitably lead to Santiago de Compostela, um, where you see the big cathedral, um, where you get your Compostela stamped, and that's in northwestern Spain. 
The largest, I would say, uh, the longest rather route that we see our guests booking is the Camino Frances. This is the French way. This starts in St. jean pied de port in France and goes all the way to Santiago de Compostela over 36 days. Now, a 36-day walking tour is not necessarily everybody's cup of tea. I get that. And so what we find is a lot of guests will book stages. We have one guest I'm working with right now. He's booked it overall three separate trips. He's going into his third one now, but he's completed the whole 36 days um, in three separate trips. So that's definitely a possibility. I know um, sometimes people traveling with uh, younger or younger uh, people in their family, like teens, um, they often want to shorten the walking days so you can break these in half. There's tons of flexibility with the Camino. And like I said, tons of options. So um, we do have a really great resource actually on 10 adventures that really uh, does a good job of breaking down all of the routes and showing a map. You've got the Camino Northern Way, the Camino Portuguese Coastal Way, um, the Lighthouse Way. There are so many options and I know it can be a little bit overwhelming when diving into this. So that's a pretty um, common request I get from our guests who call and say, help me decide which route is for me. So um, I'm always happy to do that. Number five, uh, these are in no particular order, by the way. I forgot to mention that at the beginning because all of them are great, um, just one through 10. European e-bike river cruises, a very unique kind of trip um, and one that we're definitely seeing growing in popularity as well. So these are essentially um, river cruise ships that you're going to be on with a larger group. But within that larger group, there are um, smaller groups of 16, that's the max in, in, a, in a bike group, that will go um, off board and uh, do e-bike cruising um, or e-bike excursions rather while on land. So it's a really great balance of, uh, you know, experiencing these iconic cities and landscapes from both the water and the land, um, combining cruising and also um, enjoying e-biking. And the fact that it's e-biking makes it, you know, definitely approachable. So if you're not a hardcore cyclist or anything like that, it's more of a leisurely um, way to explore on two wheels. And it's definitely a, a trip types that's um, growing in popularity. A couple of the river cruises. This is the Danube River Cruise. This one actually covers four countries. We've got Austria, Germany, Slovakia, and Hungary. This is a really great cruise. It's an eight-day trip. The Douro River Cruise is also another very popular one in Portugal. Um, stunning landscapes, great food. Overall, just a really, really cool way to explore a destination. Number six, moving to a different part of the world now, Morocco. Morocco, like some of the destinations we've talked about in Europe in the summer months is very hot. So if you're looking to do active um, adventure travel in Morocco, autumn is a great time to do that. The weather's comfortable. They've got vibrant markets. The historical cities here are just incredible. And then two big draws for outdoor lovers in Morocco are going to be the Atlas Mountains and the Sahara Desert. There are tons of options of trips that you can do um, based around those two, but also still incorporate historical cities and markets and culture and that type of thing. Um, so for the Atlas Mountains, of course, trekking, um, mountain biking is really popular. I'm working with a family um, from the UK right now. Uh, they've got two teenagers and they're looking to do an e-mountain bike trip in Morocco. So um, yeah, just plenty and plenty of options. Uh, the Atlas Mountains, we we work with guests that are, are trekking in the Atlas Mountains with a professional mountain guide, um, mountain biking, like I've said. And people often want to, they don't want to go all the way there and not um, experience the, the, 
the legendary Sahara Desert as well. So what we find is some trips, actually there's one trip that does combine trekking in the Atlas Mountains and the Sahara Desert, but often even if it doesn't, people will say, can I add on two days to explore the desert afterwards? And, and that's always something we're more than happy to do because it is a really unique key experience while you're in Morocco to experience the deserts and the, the Berber camps and the Berber villages as well. I'd say if you're looking for a great combination of um, adventure and activity, but also really unique experience with culture and um, cuisine, I think Morocco is the, the perfect place to travel to in the autumn. Number seven is Nepal. We always get a ton of questions from guests looking to go to Nepal about when to go. Um, I actually held a webinar last week with our um, partner in Nepal, Sri. He dove into, you know, obviously talking about all of the different treks, but he also said October is one of the absolute best months to go trekking in Nepal. The weather is favorable. Um, the, the skies are often clear, making for a great visibility. The views are stunning and it's not monsoon season, which is great. That's the one thing you want to avoid when trekking in Nepal would be the monsoon season. Um, I think also there can be, you know, a little bit of hesitation from people when it comes to trekking in Nepal because they often think, oh my gosh, immediately they think of Everest Base Camp and um, that can seem a bit overwhelming and a bit unattainable for some people. But one of the things I learned while um, connecting with Sri on that webinar is there are tons of options in Nepal. Um, it's not just the Everest Base Camp track that's available. There's some great starter treks that you can do. Um, Man, uh, I forgot the one he named, Manislau, I believe he said was a great entry trek. Um, but if you had on 10 adventures and you track, check out the different trekking options we have in Nepal, there really are a lot. Um, and of course, we're more than happy to connect with you to kind of help explain the differences and, and make sure that, you know, you are choosing a trek that's right for you and your fitness level and ability. Uh, there's often opportunities to join groups for treks in Nepal. So if you're a solo traveler and you're thinking about trekking in Nepal, but you're like, I don't have my own group, we can often match you up with open groups so that you can trek um, with like-minded like travelers and then also with a guide, of course, as well. Japan. Uh, autumn is known as Koyo in Japan. Uh, I learned that today. It's a really popular season to visit because, of course, like many other places in the world, the foliage is just stunning with the colors. The weather is really pleasant and there are a ton of cultural festivals in Japan in the autumn. In particular, Hokkaido, where Richard is heading um, not long from now, is an absolutely beautiful destination to visit. That's Japan's second largest um, island. Uh, Great opportunities for guided trips here. So hiking and biking with a guide um, like Morocco, just such a, a unique opportunity to really learn about a culture um, that's so unique um, and has so much to offer. So if you, again, are looking to combine um, activity like hiking and biking along with um, cultural experiences and, of course, great food, I would definitely recommend checking out trips in Hokkaido. Number nine, Patagonia, Chile, and Argentina. Um, this was actually my choice for an autumn adventure last year. So um, last October, I spent some time trekking in Torres del Paine Park in Chilean Patagonia. It's one of my absolute favorite um, trip experiences I've ever had. Springtime in Patagonia is a little bit different than our springtime here in North America, of course. It typically falls between September and November due to it being in the Southern Hemisphere. So um, 
again, if you're kind of looking to switch gears and and leave our fall and head into the the springtime in the southern hemisphere, it's a great time to do that. Um, getting your trip booked in September, October before peak summer hits is also a great idea because the trails will be quieter. I found that myself as well traveling there last year, um, kind of in that early to mid to late springtime. Um, there were a lot less people than if I had gone in, say, January or December when it's uh, peak summer months. Torres del Paine, a very special place in my heart. Um, incredible trekking there, of course. Um, but then also a myriad of other activities you can do, like navigation trips up to the glaciers. Um, this is a kayak excursion I actually did of Grey Glacier as well. So just really, really cool. It's a, it's a place where you feel like you're just on a completely different planet because it's just so vast and wild and rugged. Um, I highly recommend, highly recommend Chilean Patagonia. And then, of course, El Sheltan and El Calafate. These are the prime trekking destinations in Argentina as well. Some people do connect both, doing both um, Chilean and Argentinian pa uh, Patagonia. But if you only have time to do one, um, it's definitely worth it nonetheless, because they do offer quite um, unique sort of trekking opportunities um, with some really cool trekking towns that you can be based in as well, like these two. And number 10, Peru. Peru, uh, an amazing destination, of course, for a number of reasons. Trekking is one of the most um, popular trip types that we see guest booking in Peru. But a lot of people also don't realize Peru is known for its incredible gastronomy. They've got some really incredible restaurants there um, and just overall really, really strong food culture. Um, great weather in particularly in September. Um, so if you're looking to trek in Peru on some of the iconic trails to Machu Picchu, such as the Inca Trail, the Salcante Track, the Lares Track, I would definitely recommend um, September as that time before the rainy season starts a little bit later in the year. These treks are all um, great as well for solo travelers. So if somebody uh, is, you know, doesn't have a group of their own to go with, we can often match you up um, with an open group such as this one here, and you can enjoy the trek um, with other people from around the world, which is a really cool experience in and of itself. Um, kind of like with the Caminos, I think there are uh, always a lot of questions around which trek is right for me when you're trying to get to Machu Picchu. Um, they're all similar, but they all do offer something a little bit different too. So um, do feel free to reach out with questions uh, on this as it's an area that we do tend to get a lot of questions on from our guests. And that's that. Those are my 10 travel uh, recommendations for autumn. Nadine, that was a great list. And I totally have a case of wanderlust right now, Yay. looking at the photos and wanting to, uh, to go places. And I have been to some of those places in autumn and, and yeah, just, just not having the crowds and, you know, having a kind yeah. of a more authentic experience is just, it's just so nice. Uh, I'm wondering, you know, you, you capped it at 10. Were there other ones that were close to making the list for you? Yes, it's that, that's exactly it. It was kind of like, oh, uh, there could be probably 20, 25. A, a couple of other ones that we didn't mention in terms of places elsewhere. Um, Turkey. Turkey is a great country to travel to um, in the autumn, as well as Jordan. I know you're headed to Jordan shortly, too, as well, Richard. Is that right? Yeah, I didn't. I have two great trips. Uh, they're for yeah. work. There's uh, uh, working and travel. Yeah, they put conferences on in cool locations, yeah. uh, cool yeah. locations. So I'm going to Jordan as well later in uh, in autumn. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I would say, uh, yeah, Turkey, biking the Aegean coast. 
um, Preking in Cappadocia, there's there's plenty of options there. And likewise with Jordan, we have some really great um, guided group treks. Actually just recently booked two guests on the Dana to Petra trek, and they're joining a mixed group of, um, you know, 12 other travelers from around the world. And they're just so excited, excited to explore that part of the world and meet other people. Just seems, seems uh, incredible. Now, I had a question before we go to all the Q&A about Kili. Because that's one place I've spent a lot of time in East Africa, but I've never climbed Kili. Is autumn a good time to climb Kili? Yeah. Um, we actually have someone starting to climb Kili tomorrow. We're in August now. September and October um, are ideal months in autumn to uh, climb Kili. So if you're thinking about a Kili climb, please reach out again with this one. Whether you have your own group or you're a solo traveler, um, we are the person that's starting tomorrow is a solo traveler and we've matched him up with a group and, and he's super excited to trek the route. So yes, definitely a great destination if you're thinking of Africa would be um, the Kili climb, which I think is on just about every adventurer's bucket list if they haven't done it already. Uh, uh, excellent. So I'm going to go through the Q&A and what I'm going to do is the questions that are kind of related to um, trips you mentioned, I'll put those first and then kind of some, there's some general ones. I'll, I'll put those uh, after. Uh, so the first question is, is uh, climbing Mount Triglav in Slovenia, uh, that Via Frata, is that suitable for beginners? No, I wouldn't. I mean, when you say beginners, I think first and foremost, and this is one thing I say to everyone when they inquire about it, it's definitely not suitable for anyone that has a fear of heights. Um, it is very high up. Uh, we actually have this great video um, that the local team has sent to us uh, that has uh, somebody with a, a GoPro that basically goes through the whole thing. So you know what you're getting into before you're booking it. He films the whole thing. You can see the height. You can see the, uh, the via Barada um, apparatus. I don't think it's necessarily for a beginner who is just doing their first hiking trip. I don't think it would be an ideal thing for them to do. Um, that being said, do you have to have done a Via Ferrata course before doing it? No, definitely not. You've got the safety equipment. Um, you've got a guide, so that helps as well. Um, it's no walk in the park, but it's definitely not something that you would need to have a ton of Via Ferrata specific experience for. I would just say you should be comfortable hiking at high altitudes, using equipment, you know, a bit of scrambling. Um, it's not a walk in the park is what I would say. Yeah, it, it, I remember looking at that. It's it's a big day, and uh, I think that that trip specifically is good if you want to try Via Ferrata with a guide, which yeah. I 100% recommend doing it first with a guide. Uh, yes. That's that's a good one. Uh, second question is: Someone wants to do their first bike tour in Europe, um, but they're worried about the discomfort uh, of you know riding in a saddle all day. And uh, I, I know this is every spring I have the same issue. I get back on my bike and, you know, it's uncomfortable for the first few times. But yeah. for people who have never done a seven-day bike, bike tour, you know, what are your recommendations for their mm -hmm. first trip to, you know, stay comfortable? This is a question that comes up more often than you would think. So thank you for bringing that up, whoever asked the question, because I know a lot of people do um, worry about that. Um, there are a couple of things, of course, you know, riding your own bike at home, that's a great thing to do before starting a trip to kind of get in the groove, so to speak. Um, and then on, on many trips, um, there's the option to bring your own bike seat. So if you're used to your own bike seat, um, the supplier can often, if you're renting a bike for the trip that you're booking, the supplier can often remove the seat and um, put yours on so that you've got the comfort of your own seat that you're used to. Another thing um, that we can offer guests in a lot of cases is a gel cover. So 
the regular seat is not so much padded. I mean, it's just a kind of regular level of padding, but um, what the supplier can do can put over top a gel cover that just sits on there and then provides some extra cushion, which I've heard back in terms of feedback from guests that it can make a world of difference. So not to worry, um, there are solutions for that issue. Uh, yeah, and it's it, the truth is after kind of day three, it you, you don't notice You're it. Just Your body numb. just yeah. It's, <laughs> it's with all these incredible trips, like you know, usually day two and day three are the hard ones, and your body just realizes, oh, I guess we're doing this, and it yeah. just kind of copes with it. And it's kind yeah. of incredible how adaptable our bodies are. We um, are resilient. Next question is about uh, the Sahara. So obviously the Morocco the Morocco trips. The question is, what are accommodations like in the Sahara? Are there hotels there? And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, great question. Yeah, that is a really good question. Um, so at the Sahara, in the Sahara Desert rather, there are often um, camping options. So you can stay in a Berber camp. Now there's quite basic camping um, Berber camps there, but then there's also the option to do it pretty luxe, which I know some people after a long trek, they really want to live it up in a luxury Berber camp for two nights. Um, but you know, regardless of the budget that you have in mind for that stay, um, there are some pretty basic camping options. And then there also are some luxe um, camping options as well. Um, and then there are also are some hotels that are pretty close to the dunes as well. I, I think if you're going all the way there and you're comfortable with camping, I would totally recommend doing the camping, you know, falling asleep under the stars of the Sahara Desert just outside your tent, you know, you can't really beat that. Um, but if camping is a definite no-no for you, then yes, there are hotels uh, that you can be transferred to following your excursion in the desert. I actually had my honeymoon in Morocco and we did a similar trip. And one of the highlights was camel trekking out to the middle of nowhere. And it wasn't like, a, you know, a tent we used. It was this massive, you know, it was like a thousand square feet. And it was you could walk around in it. Yeah, um, it's, it's not what it's, we necessarily think yeah, of as yeah, camp, yeah. campsites, right? Like they they've been doing it for a long time, so they've got it got it down pat. <laughs> uh, yes, it's fantastic. Uh, a question here around the um, Alps. It said uh, you shared trekking in the Alps. What about back backpacking in the Canadian Rockies? And uh, I could answer this one as well because I backpack most weekends in the Canadian Rockies. Yeah, but, but why don't you? Do you, take want, this do you want to have a go first? I'll take this one then. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the hard part in the Rockies is snowfall can come as early as late early. Uh, August. And uh, there's a real danger if you don't, you know, when the snow falls, we get like a, a six inch snow, it's hard to find the trails. And so there's often emergencies, you know, in uh, in autumn where people who are prepared for kind of this, this uh, robust climate, uh, they get lost. And so uh, I always recommend if you're new to the new to the kind of all of the North American mountains, in autumn, try and find a, a guided trip for your first trip. So you, they'll help you deal with, you know, this potential of, of snow because it is it is dangerous. You can you can still hike in September, uh, but usually by early October, most of the hiking's done as the, you know, everything up high has got snow and ice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. And similar to the Alps, um, like I said, some of the huts, the hut-based trips do tend to shut down a little bit earlier, but some of the hotel-based trips do run a little bit later into September. Um, but again, trail trail conditions being somewhat unpredictable um, based on how early the snow comes, it is a good idea to book a guided trip with a professional mountain guide so you're covered in case of anything um, weather-related. There's a couple of questions about when to book an autumn trip. You know, is it too late to book for autumn? Uh, and also, what about uh, the Danube cruise? 
uh, in September. And so, you know, when people think about booking, usually in summer, they think really far in advance, but do they have to do that in, in autumn as well? I mean, it depends again, um, where you're planning to travel to overall, I would say as a rule of thumb, it's a lot easier to book, uh, an autumn trip last minute than it is to book a summer trip last minute. Both can be done, but one tends to be a little bit easier than the other. Um, in terms of when you should book an autumn trip, I, I had somebody reach out to me yesterday and it looks like he's going to book a trip that starts on the 21st of August. So it can be done in certain cases. It makes our lives a little more tricky um, trying to pull it together. But I would say if, you, if, you, if you're looking to, to travel in October, um, late September, it would definitely be a good time to start reaching out to us now to see what's available and what's possible. The good thing is, um, you know, with last minute requests that come in for summer months, a lot of the time we're just having to get back to people to say there's no availability. With autumn, like I said, there's a lot more flexibility. So the chances are, even if you were wanting to start a trip in a month's time, we should be able to confirm it for you. Um, and the Danube trip, was it a question someone was asking? If yeah, that was I, offered I, yeah, it was, September? it was, if they want to do the Danube bike and barge, I think is the, the one it was in September. Um, yeah. What do you think of availability? I, I think kind of the same thing. The summer ones sell out really quickly, but the autumn ones, which again, yeah, uh, I'm actually, I, I, I think are better. Yeah, absolutely. And I think most of our river cruise bookings um, that we've had for this year are for people traveling in September and October. Um, just taking it a quick look on this particular trip, the Danube trip, uh, at the beginning of the year, I think we had a list of like 14, um, departures. There are currently two left. One starts on August 20th and one starts on September 17th and both have spaces available. So that's just an example of if those were summer departures or, you know, July, June, um, early August, they would have been fully booked. So something to think about for sure. Uh, one question is around a family. Uh, they have two young children and they want to do something different and adventurous this autumn, um, but not too adventurous, I assume. I I've been in this situation. What would you recommend if you have, uh, I don't know how young they are, but you know, you have two young children and want to do something fun. Yeah, I think there's a number of ways you could go. So um, if you were doing a self-guided trip with your young children, I'd plan to do something easy, um, rated moderate, where there's, you know, we have a, a difficulty chart that's from one um, to five out of five, one out, one out of five to five out of five, one out of five being the least difficult. And those are what we would consider our family trips. So in those, you're going to see two hours of biking, three hours of walking, um, places like the UK, um, Tuscany and Italy, uh, places where they can go back to a nice hotel afterwards and jump in the pool and enjoy the evening and go out for ice cream. Um, the Camino is also um, a great option, probably for older children, just because they do tend to be a little bit longer lengths. But again, as I said earlier, you really are able to, it's one of the most customizable trips in that you really are able to customize the itinerary to get it exactly as you want it. So if you wanted to just do a short five-day stretch with your kids on the Camino, that's totally possible. I also love the idea of doing guided trips with kids, uh, especially kids, because having a guide um, and going, you know, to experience a different culture, uh, a different language, having a guide with you is such an incredibly value or valuable um, experience in terms of a learning experience for children when they're traveling. And that's really what it is at the end of the day when they're young and their brains are like sponges and they're just taking in all of the sights and the sounds and the input. Um, I think a guided trip where they're going to not only experience everything, but also learn about that culture and that country from the guide. Um, those are great. So for guided trips, you could look at Asia, South America, Central America. There's plenty of options. 
I, I think that's a great suggestion with the guide. You know, kids, my kids yeah. love talking to the guide. Uh, they get so much information. Totally. Um, one more question is, uh, in, in autumn, um, because it's shoulder season, uh, are there going to be less restaurants, hotels, and shops open? Like, and, and I guess are there, you know, and I, I've had it in winter where there's only two restaurants in a, in a village and they're both closed. Uh, mm -hmm. Is that going to happen in, you know, September, October, November as well? Not so much. Um, I would say it's definitely still a season where there's going to be tourists there. It's not like absolute, you know, ghost town. Um, that being said, I think uh, some areas, particularly on the Camino, for instance, if you are staying in a town where they know that, um, you know, shops and restaurants are not going to be open, then dinner would be included in your hotel in that night. I think this would only come into, into factor when uh, you're staying in an extremely rural location. If you're in a city, no matter what day it is, there's going to be shops and restaurants are open, even a town. Whereas if you're in a very small rural place, um, often uh, the itinerary will be revised so that your dinner would be included at the uh, at the hotel and you wouldn't have to go and eat anywhere. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say it would be something to be concerned about, but always ask, right? You know, is this destination ideal? Are things going to be open? Usually things are, are operating as normal during these months overall. Uh, there's another question around, uh, uh, what will happen with airfare? And I know this was in the summer. This is a major issue. The price to go to Europe just skyrocketed. I think it, yeah. for some dates, it almost doubled compared to what's normal. Uh, uh, obviously, you know, nobody can predict the future of airfare, but what are you seeing in terms of uh, airfare for, for autumn? Yeah, I think um, because of that spike in the summer, we're definitely seeing uh, some re some relief around that. Prices have gone down since summer to a number of destinations. But what I've heard our guests have been most successful with is just checking every day because there's a lot of fluctuation. And we saw that in the summer as well, except it just kept fluctuating up and never down. Um, however, if you're if you're planning to go somewhere and, you're, and you've got your eye on flights, I would say just keep checking back. If you see that it's steadily increasing in price, then definitely book it. But you do find on some of these trips, especially if you're booking um, flights that are departing fairly soon in September and October, there could be some pretty big fluctuations and you just want to catch it when that price has gone down and book right away. Yeah, I know my uh, in-laws booked a flight from Edinburgh to uh, to Canada, and I just checked for fun last week, and the price is down like thirty percent from what they yes. paid. I felt so bad because I said, he "Lock it in." Doesn't always work in the favor yeah, of the person. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's um, a gamble, right? It's always a gamble. Um, one question here is, you know, for, it said uh, for the trips you presented, uh, are you considering November to be part of like the autumn months for these autumn trips you presented? Yeah, um, not everywhere. So one country in particular, um, and I thought it was just through November, but apparently Italy considers right up until December 21st their autumn. I didn't know that. Um, so most countries you're going to think of autumn being September, October, especially if you're looking to get that foliage in places where the where the colors do really change. Those are going to be the peak autumn months. But November isn't really isn't really winter, isn't really autumn. It's kind of that in-between shoulder season, and it's still a great time to visit a lot of countries. Um, if you're looking at Italy specifically, November is totally, yes, considered autumn um, in that case. And uh, in some of the other ones we talked about, after you get past October, you enter some rainy season seasons and that type of thing. So it's just a good idea to check what does autumn actually mean in this specific country? And is this trip going to be ideal for, for the month I'm thinking of? And yeah, I think what we've seen in the last decade is 
autumn's going longer. And so it used to be yeah. going to Europe in September. And now lots of people are deciding to go in early October and mid-October. Uh, and I remember uh, talking to one uh, 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 one of our partners in Greece, and it was 28 degrees on like Christmas Day a few years ago. And they just said, yeah, it's like it's it stayed autumn all through November and December. And it's kind of crazy just how uh, beautiful the autumn was compared to the summer where it was just, you know, roasting hot. Yeah, it, it is just an amazing time and things are changing all over the world, right? We're seeing different weather patterns and some seasons getting longer, some seasons getting shorter. So it's just about adjusting your travel plans to maximize the time. So we only have five minutes left. And so I'm going to ask one of my questions. Uh, what's been the coolest autumn trip you've booked for your guests so far this year, Nadine. So, you know, maybe not one of the 10 best, but something that you thought, oh, that's such a cool trip. Yeah, that's a good question. Gosh, there our guests do some really, really incredible trip. My job is just all about having FOMO from <laughs> booking these great, booking these great uh, trips. I, I think um, one really cool trip I booked um, for two guests, two ladies from the US. Um, they're good friends. They're going to walk the office dike path in Wales. So um, I think the standard complete office dike path is 15 days, but they are um, strong believers in slow travel. And so they've really customized this itinerary to a T to bring it to, I think, 22 days total. They've added seven days um, in, in certain destinations where um, they did some research and they saw that there were some really cool historical sites to see or local hikes to do or a river to paddle. They decided to kind of fill in the blanks in the itinerary, use the complete office dike walk as a base, and then expand on that. And they've put together this like three week epic adventure that just looks so incredible. And it's not a fast paced trip. You know, there's some days where they're just hanging out in a town. They're not walking every day. They split some of the really long sections in. So up. So it was just 10 miles here, 10 miles there, that type of thing. And I think if you have the time to do that, it's just such a cool way to travel because yeah, like I think they said to me multiple times, we're in no rush. We just want to experience it all and be able to take it in. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. You know, rest days are so incredible. You know, you sit there, you gorge yourself, you eat a ton, you know, yes. you know, in the old days, you get a local paper and try and figure out what it was saying. And now you just talk to, you know, your waiters <laughs> or the people in your in your hotel. And it's just mm -hmm. such a neat way to kind of really experience the destination as opposed to just kind of walking through. They're both good. But yeah, I'm a big fan of at least one rest day a week just to get to know, you know, a cool little city. Totally. And I think um, uh, one I just booked for guests yesterday that just popped into my mind, um, a custom bike tour, e-bike tour in South Korea for two guests. So oh, um, it's a couple and they, um, they're going to visit some friends in South Korea and they're going to do this incredible um, six day bike tour on e-bikes with a guide, um, support vehicle, seeing lots of different sites, temples, um, great food, and they're really looking forward to it somewhere they've never been um, before. And again, just a really cool opportunity to combine their, you know, love for cycling with also discovering a new culture. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, I have so much FOMO just hearing about that too, or yeah, exploring a new country from your bike with a guide who can explain everything you're seeing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I get that. Uh, Nadine, thanks for sharing all this. I really love this today. Uh, we've gone through almost all the questions, uh, but I want to finish right at 1045. So uh, any last thoughts you want to share? 
I would say um, now you've been introduced to the team at Tan Adventures. We'd love to hear from you. Um, feel free to reach out to us at explore at tenadventures.com. That's explore at tenadventures.com. And our team is always happy to connect, whether it's just kind of brainstorming ideas together, answering any questions that may have come up in the webinar today, um, or if you're not looking to plan travel in autumn, maybe you're looking to plan travel in winter or spring or summer of next year. So whatever it is, we're happy to connect and um, would love to hear from you. By all means, connect with one of us and we'll help you have an incredible adventure and, and make the memories that show up as photos on your walls and stories you tell over dinner with your friends of the incredible experiences you've had. Listen to other episodes of the 10 Adventures podcast on Amazon Music at amazon.com slash 10 Adventures.